0: You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple, the podcast that celebrates the cultural connections between the UK and New York. I'm your host, British diplomat Hannah Young. Do you think that British food is just fish and chips or meat and potatoes and that the British idea of hope cuisine is pub grub? Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. And this month, the UK is calling Americans to see British food differently by bringing these reimagined classics to New York. And we have a very special guest who is in the Big Apple, helping us celebrate the inspiration and flavours of the people and cultures that call the UK home. Nadia Hussain is a British Bangladeshi chef, author and TV presenter. She is best known for winning the sixth series of the BBC's The Great British Bake Off in 2015. During the final, she baked 16 ice buns in three hours, as well as a raspberry flavoured milfoy and a multi-layered cake entitled my big fat British wedding cake. As she won the show, she said, I'm never going to put boundaries on myself ever again. I'm never going to say I can't do it. I'm never going to say maybe. I'm never going to say I don't think I can. I can and I will. Since winning, Nadia has gone on to host a number of hit TV shows, including The Chronicles of Nadia, has written numerous books, and rolled out a homewares collection. She's been named one of the 500 most influential people in the UK by de Bretz, and in 2020 received an MBE from Her Majesty the Queen for services to broadcasting and the culinary arts. She also got to bake the Queen's 90th birthday cake. No pressure there then. I'm so excited about this interview. Nadia, welcome to Brits and the Big Apple. Thank you so much. What a long intro. <laughs> It's been a busy six
1: years.
0: (laughs) It's very impressive. Thank you. Um, I wonder if you could kick off by um, telling us a bit about your history and um, how you developed your passion and talent for cooking.
1: Well, I am a first generation Brit. Uh, My parents are immigrants and I grew up in a very traditional Bangladeshi home. So cooking was a big part of my life, you know, I spent, you know, uh, my childhood with parents who cooked traditional Bangladeshi recipes, and my dad, my mum is an amazing home cook, and like, when I say amazing, she could have her hands tied behind her back, eyes closed, uh, in a lucky bag, and she nice. could cook something, you know, phenomenal, Special. and my dad ran restaurants, Indian restaurants run by Bangladeshi men, Um oh so I have been around food, whether that's in the house or around the stainless steel kitchen in the restaurant, you know, I have been around food my whole life. Um, And, you know, baking was something that I never did. Cooking was natural for me, but baking wasn't something that I ever did, uh, not until I got married. So so I've only been baking sort of 16, 17 years now, 17, 18 years. So not as long as some of the people that I was in the tent with. Um, so yeah, baking was new to me, um, but it's something that my kids are now growing up with. So that's kind of where it all started. And is it true that your mum used the family oven for storage? Yes. That's yes. There are lots of people out there who will listen to this and think that's ridiculous. But I know there are lots of people out there who kind of share the similar sort of background to me, who will know that if you did not grow up with baking and you owned an oven those you know it was storage it was it was free storage it was extra storage and so my mom would put her pans um so we had lots of pans for uh samosas and things that we we do a lot of deep frying in our in in our cuisine so my mom had pans for different things so she would store all her pans in there and until I was sort of 12 I didn't realize that that was not a cupboard it was actually an <laughs> oven that you had fire you know like yeah, actual yeah. real life yeah. like working oven didn't know yeah. till I was 12.
0: That's amazing I mean I, I imagine quite a lot of New Yorkers given there are quite small kitchens here probably also use their ovens for storage they, maybe shoes. Yeah you never probably do yeah <laughs>
1: don't put your shoes in the oven guys. No.
0: <laughs> and you said your dad was a chef presumably you spent a lot of time in the restaurants that he
1: worked in yeah I mean he ran restaurants so mm-hmm. he was front of house back of house but we we call we have a special name for our dad and that's boff we call him he, the single point of failure um <laughs> because he literally ran everything from front of house back of house you wow. know he had his own garden at the back so he always had fresh produce that he used in the restaurant so he was uh he's an incredible like he's incredible at cooking uh not so good at running a business so yeah. <laughs> he's just too friendly he's so friendly gives away food um but he's an amazing cook like he I definitely got that spark from him because he's quite mm-hmm. like he wants to try new ingredients he wants to f- try new ways of cooking so he's quite experimental so mm-hmm. definitely got that from him mm-hmm.
0: And so you said that you took up baking a little bit later on, but how did you come across the Great British Bake Off and and
1: what spurred you to apply to that? It was one of those shows that I used to watch with my husband um, and it was it wasn't something that he wanted to watch. He was kind of forced to watch it with me because it gave us something to do together. But as we'd watch it, he would look at the he would watch it and say, you know, you're really, you could do that, or you've made that and it's tasted better. And I think it, yours looks better. So he was always kind of talking to the television and I never really paid attention to that. One day there was an ad and it said, you know, apply for the Great British Bake Off. And I didn't th- honestly, genuinely right over my head, didn't think anything of it. And he'd done the application and he said, look, it's three days to the deadline. i have done all the boring, necessary bits can you do all the kind of bits that I can't do? And let's just put this application. In. And I was like, absolutely no way. Like I, I was adamant. I was like, no way am I doing the Great British Bake Off. No, I'm not going on television. And, and to be honest, I didn't think that I would make it that far. So to humor him, yeah. I said, you know what? I'll do it. And he was like, you've got to do something for you. That was really important for him. He's like, look, you're an amazing cook. You're an amazing baker. And I think that you would do really well. And so he believed in me in a way that I hadn't really, I'd I'd never really experienced that before. And I certainly didn't have that self-belief to think that I could go on a TV show. And I kind of did it to humor him, but I, I definitely got the last laugh because he's at home with the kids and I'm gallivanting around New York having a great time. So um, I bet he regrets that decision, but I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It was him. He put the application in. Wow, that's brilliant. And like, well done for, you know, men championing women. Yes. So important. Yes. Something that I definitely didn't grow up around and something that, you know, I think we don't do enough of. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I'm really yeah, I feel really proud that if it wasn't for him, like I would never have even taken those steps. And, you know, my kids get to see a wonderful dad who champions their mom, and that's a big thing that's so powerful yeah. um and and
0: I have to ask you, um you will have been asked this question thousands of times, but tell us what it was like
1: winning. Tell us how that experience has kind of played it, forward. <laughs> it's a how can I i mean, how what can I compare it to? It's a little bit like childbirth okay. in that in that. You know, when you've got this monumental point in your life where you it's really important and you know, this is such a big moment in your life, but you can't actually remember any of it. Mm. That's how it's like childbirth. It's like I have this child, but I can't actually remember most of the it's just it's it's a bizarre feeling. And more than anything, I didn't think I was going to win. You know, like I didn't go in there confident, even to the point where I was uh, I made it to week 10, which is the final and I refuse to call it the final. My husband's like, it's the final. I'm like, no, we're calling it week 10. The pressure is too much for me. I can't call it the final. And so, um, yeah, got there and definitely did not think I was going to win. Like there was no point did I ever think I'm going to win. But all I remember from that very monumental moment for me was looking down at my shoes, covered in icing sugar, thinking I better put these shoes in the wash when I get home. Genuinely, those were my thoughts. And then I heard my name. And then I remember hiding in my hands um just it was it was just i don't really remember a lot of it because yeah. it was just yeah. a bit of a blur yeah. and you just kind of it's so bizarre because it's this surreal up moment yes. and you then just you take your trophy yes. and then you go home for six weeks yeah and then everything's really quiet and it and nobody knows you won apart from oh, of course the people that yes. were there yes. which is a lot of people because there's a massive garden party yeah, yeah. so everybody has to stay quiet um and and it never comes out I don't know how it doesn't ever come out um but you have to stay quiet for six weeks and there I was with this trophy kind of hid it in a suitcase in a suitcase in a suitcase under my bed in case somebody saw it um so yeah you you just stay quiet for six weeks but it was one of the biggest most surreal moments of my life it's all a bit blurry that's amazing um and very impressive
0: that you managed to get your kids to stay quiet but. yeah
1: well the the older two were great because even though they remember my dad was there so he kept taking my son to the shed and saying should we talk about it in here because they they all wanted to talk about it but they couldn't yeah. so he's like shall yeah. we talk about it in here?" and my son's like i don't know what you're talking about nana and he would walk Amazing. out so he's very good at keeping that secret Amazing. um but my little girl forgot she oh. was only four at the time so While it was airing, she watched the whole thing and she was so, she was reliving the whole thing, like how somebody who, like all the people who didn't know I'd won, she was, yeah, she said, and then she's like, oh, I thought Tamal was going to win. I was like, what? You can't say that. You have to say you thought I was going to win. But yeah, it's so bizarre. And
0: actually, one of the things that I think is really relatable um about you is the relationship that you have with your children and yeah. they're clearly a really big part of your life and um I, sometimes I kind of don't like using these phrases but you know you were a stay-at-home mum and now you're a working mum um tell us a bit more about how being a mum has influenced
1: your your journey and your identity and I think everything about being a mum has influenced my journey up to this point mm. um but equally you know being a stay-at-home mom was one of the best jobs that I'll ever do you know being at home with my kids is something that I actually really love doing so because I do it a lot less now you know the moments that I do have with them Mm -hmm. is wonderful that being said I have teenagers so it's not always wonderful yes you've got all that to look forward to um but yeah being a mom and being you know being able to stay at home with my kids for eight years was a privilege something that lots of people can't afford you know to be Mm -hmm. able to be at home with the kids was a wonderful experience for me um but there there are and I'm honest in saying that you know it shaped who I was as a young mum but it also the effects of being at home with them all the time I did find myself losing myself quite a lot you know you just kind of you're just mum And for a lot of us, being just a mom isn't enough. You know, sometimes we have aspirations and dreams that are outside of being a mother. And that's okay to want that. You know, I grew up in a society where, you know, being a mom and being a wife was was my role. And um, for me, that wasn't enough. You know, I love being a mom and I love being a wife, but it's not enough. I have way too much to give than to just be a wife and a mom. And um, I think my husband saw that. You know he's just like you are not flying you are not soaring the way i want you to soar and the way i see you soaring so um if he hadn't recognized that i don't know how i would have ever broken out of that but what my kids do see right now is a confident mum who uh, faces her fears who does a job that she loves um and a mum who's okay to be vulnerable mm. you know i'm really honest with my kids about being vulnerable about showing weakness about sharing your emotions and that is really you know growing up in I don't know if it's just a thing that I don't think it's a, a community-based problem I think it's also a um and it's I don't know if it's just race related but it's also generation it's a generational thing I think there's a generation of people who don't believe that you should show your emotions and and, and you should be a certain way but I just don't I believe in fluidity and I think you know for me you know growing up you know it was very much uh, it, it was very much about kind of everybody had very stereotypical gender roles. And for me, it's very different. You know, my kids are growing up learning how to iron and cook and dust the skirting boards. And, you know, and that's 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 the kind of life I want to live. And, you know, they get to see dad work from home. Mom travels to New York and that's normal for them. And 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 that's the life I want to that's 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 the, that's the mom I want to be for my kids, uh, an honest, vulnerable mom. And that's like I'm definitely the best version of myself right now.
0: I think that's incredibly powerful, and I think uh, a lot of people can relate to that and the kind of multiple identities that actually allow you to feel
1: fulfilled as a person. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, and also that being said, equally, you know, there is nothing, there is no shame in being a stay-at-home mom. I remember being a uh, staying-home mom, a stay-at-home mom, and people saying, "So, what do you actually do?" Yeah. And I, and I, I I despise that because that's what made me feel like. I wasn't enough. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, I look back at my time with my kids at home and I value every moment that I had with them. And I wish I'd, you know, hindsight is an ugly thing. You know, you look back and I think, I oh, wish I'd enjoyed it more. I wish I'd so rather than I'd never want to go back to that situation where I Hindsight makes me think that you know I wish I'd enjoyed something a little bit more. So I try and enjoy it every single day. Um, I hate being away from them, but I love what I do. So there's balance in everything yeah. that you do. So props to those stay-at-home moms because oh, it's hard work.
0: It is one of the toughest jobs, toughest, right? and it is a job as well as being is.
1: you know and an it's amazing unpaid, thing. and there's no holidays, <laughs> and there's no pension. Can I just say? It's very true.
0: Yeah, yeah, the struggle is real. Yeah. I think. As a mum, I can relate to all of that. Yeah. But you're in New York now, yes. which is really exciting. Uh, and you're here as an ambassador for the UK's great campaign. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit
1: more about the great campaign and, and what you're up to here? So this is uh, this is all about challenging perceptions. This is about talking about UK. Uh, like we don't, like people don't know, because I think there is this idea that the UK especially with food I think people think that there is this what is British cuisine that is a question that I get asked all the time and I think there is this kind of outdated stale idea that it's just fish and chips and scones and meat and two veg and pies don't get me wrong we do all of those things really really well but it's so much more than that, you know. And I'm here with a great campaign and it's running the entire month. Um, and right now there are letterboxes dotted around New York. And um, you can, if you see one of those letter boxes, uh letterbox, did I say letterbox? Phone box. Yes, Red. I know email classic yeah. phone box. Amazing. Um although a letterbox is a really good idea maybe to next time, time as well yeah because I can take a bit longer to get the letters but yeah we yeah can do that. um there are the there are phone boxes dotted around New York and um it will ring the phone will ring and you have an opportunity to answer that phone and if you answer it you get to participate and be a part of some of the events especially like I'm I'm here with food so you can be a part of that and come in and, and watch demonstrations so yes yeah, so it's a uh, Running all the way through the month of, it's running all the way through the month of March, and we'll be talking about food. I'm here with the food, and there's sports, music, art, so uh, all the things that UK is known
0: for. And I think the campaign slogan is "Seeing things differently." Yes so uh you're doing a
1: cook along is that right yes
0: well tell us
1: a bit more about that and are you allowed to tell us what you might be cooking yeah so I am doing a so I am doing a um marmalade haddock so wow. fish with marmalade marmalade classic British Love marmalade. yep uh but have you had it with fish no it's delicious really? <laughs> yes it is it's absolutely delicious and then I'm doing a cornflake black pepper mango crannican so that's Scottish but wow. it's with my twist and and I think that's ultimately that is why when when I was asked do I want to be a part of this campaign it's like absolutely because as a Brit who grew up in a immigrant household um, I kind of experienced two sides of Britain the kind of classic British side when I was at school and we'd have pie and mash and uh, chips and then at home I would have Bangladeshi food so somewhere in between all of the kind of classics there's the kind of there's there's the immigration side of it where Mm -hmm. there are people like my family who came over and they have shared some of the most beautiful delicious recipes and that kind of makes up the fabric of what British food really is and 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 I'm here to celebrate that because you know I think and often people don't really I think because there's this kind of stale 1950s idea that we just do fish and chips and pie you know we, we yeah. forget the UK, the UK is a wonderful, beautiful landscape uh, that, you know, we complain about the rain, but the rain means that we have the most amazing pastures. So we have mm. great lamb, we have great beef, we make the best cheese. 700 varieties, can I just say? Wow. 700 varieties of cheese. I so know. cheese isn't just France. I miss,
0: I miss British cheese Yes. here. I hate to say it, but I really do. Nobody Good does cheddar. it like us. Yes. Good cheddar. Oh. And Wensleydale. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that sounds really, really exciting. Yeah. Marmalade encrusted haddock. Yes. Um, you know, my taste buds already. I can almost taste it. Yeah,
1: it's delicious. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: And and um, I mean, tell me a bit more about your cooking in general and and do you like to kind of mix up the old and the new? Is that something that is particular to your style? Or what do you kind of choose to to cook?
1: I love, you know, I love the classics. I I love. You know, I love making a Cornish pasty, you know, I love a Lancashire hot pot, you name it, you know, I love, I love the classics and there is, and I didn't grow up on those classics. So for me, are they classics or are they just new to me? Mm. Someone like me who's mm. never really grown up with that. And I love exploring and learning about different parts of the UK and what we do really well and things like we do the most amazing Norfolk crab uh, and we've got some of the most amazing lobster that gets like shipped out to Tokyo. So, you know, like we, amazing export. So I think sometimes, yeah like my cooking is very much taking the classics and taking kind of techniques from my culture and mixing the two together whether that's flavor whether that's technique and and that's what I love about it because there's this kind of gray area where us kind of first generation Brits were grew up in immigration households where we kind of contribute to what is British food now and and it's just kind of it's a fusion of all the cultures that live out here and I ultimately you know it's the people that have settled here British food and it's that's kind of the landscape of British food right now you know that's it's kind of shaped it's really exciting you're obviously here in the
0: US and they have a huge food culture yes um is this your first time in New I York was or? I was
1: in New York when I was 13 once and I came for a week just you feel 13 here because everything's so high and my neck hurts from looking up everything <laughs> is so vast yeah. so vast as is the food um yeah. as yeah. is the food um that's all really
0: exciting and is there anything that um you think we can learn from america
1: in terms of cuisine or vice versa from similarities as well it will and new york really reminds me of london mm. it's really diverse um and it's vibrant and it's alive and i think um when i think you look at for me like i kind of if you compare the two you know you've got London again vibrant diverse and it's all those whilst being here I'm not here for that long but whilst I've been here it's all the little holes in the walls you know you get the best food in the smallest places and it's the places that you don't kind of you don't expect to find them and London's very similar in that you know if anyone ever goes to London go to Borough market it's one of the best places one of the best places to pick up a little bit of everything you can literally eat from every corner of the world within Borough market they do the most amazing cheese stall and they have the most incredible spice stalls so, you know, if you want a little taste of everything you the UK is all about, get yourself down to Borough Market. It's a very good plug. It's a it's a wonderful
0: place. I can yeah. testify to that as well. Yeah,
1: the donuts. There's some great donuts there. You um
0: you've got a, a, a huge following now, um, including the nadiators, as yes. they call themselves on social <laughs> media, which is brilliant. Um, I mean, it must have been incredible to. Have one bake off and then sort of be catapulted into this, you know, world where your your name and your face is recognized. I mean, how has that been for you? And and how do you want to use that platform to kind of put forward the messages that you care about?
1: Yeah, I think the my career was definitely a serendipitous Mm. occasion. You know, it was a happy accident. It wasn't one that I ever intended on having, but now that I'm here, it's something that I love doing and if you'd asked me sort of five six years ago I wouldn't have spoken about the fact that you know um there is a I kind of there's this responsibility as a British Muslim woman uh as a first generation Brit you know there's a responsibility that I have working in an industry that doesn't really have people like me in it whether that's publishing or media you know I now suddenly have this space I have this platform and I'm and and I certainly not going to just use that just to cook you know I'm not going to use that just to bake I have to use that platform to create space for others because you know I represent myself but I also represent you the UK I represent British food and I am you know I am the change that is British food you know we are um, diverse we are open and our food landscape is changing so much because of people like us and so you know it's a huge responsibility it's a massive responsibility so it's not one that I shy away from anymore so you know being a part of a campaign like this is wonderful because you know this just goes to show that we are so much more than just scones and fish and chips
0: (laughs) and what do you think the um the, the food and drink industry should be doing to diversify um to diversify the the sector but also to to encourage people to you know try new things and you know I guess sort of understand different cultures and the way that they come together to you know present the meals on you know people's plates yeah I
1: think for me it's all about creating that space um as somebody who kind of is in an industry where there isn't there aren't that many people like me mm-hmm. Um, it's about creating that space but keeping that space open Um, and you know I know that growing up I didn't see somebody like me in cookbooks on television shows cookery shows so it was lovely to be able to it's lovely to be able to kind of fly that flag but it's about Creating that space, but keeping that space open. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst we are kind of we believe that we're open-minded, you know, change is happening, but too slowly. It's not happening fast enough. Um, but what I have seen is that people are open to change. And it's it might be happening slowly, but it is happening. And um, people are so much more open to different cultures and learning you know we have to be careful not to we have to be really careful we have to be really careful not to kind of create a space that feels isolated you know we have to when we look at different cuisines different foods we have to give people that space mm. and we have to listen to the experts you know there are people out there who do certain foods from their cultures really really well and they need that space to be able to allow that cuisine to shine and that's really important so mm. for me my job will always be apart from the cooking and the baking will always be to create that space and keep that space open mm. for people within the UK to have that kind of platform to showcase what british food really is mm. and i think your
0: your point about um you know you uh sort of representing a new more diverse wave of British chefs is really important um we've done a bit of work here with the Gina davis Institute and their motto is if she can see it she can be it and yeah. it goes to your point around your children um earlier yeah you know, actually we need we need young people to be able to see people who they identify with yeah absolutely um, to then think well maybe I could go and win the next episode of Bake
1: Off and yeah. I
0: could become a, you know, world famous chef.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, there's one thing that I've always, as a child kind of grew up and I kind of asked myself, if I don't see myself, am I invisible? And it's very similar to what you just said, you know, because if you don't see yourself, you don't exist. If, if I don't see myself, do I even exist? And that's a question I've asked myself my whole life. And suddenly I get this opportunity. And my husband always says, I always say I'm really lucky, but he always says, no, you're actually really good at what you do. Um, and so it helps to have my own little cheerleader at home. He sounds amazing. He is husband. amazing. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he, he always knows the right thing to say. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, you know, if, if you don't see yourself, do you even exist? And I am here to be seen so that people like me know that they do exist and they can they can do whatever they want. And they can be a part of this, you know, they can be a part of British culture, and they can be a part of the food, and every scene that they want to be a part of. And that's really important, you know, especially raising children, I want them to believe that they can be a part of these spaces that don't feel like they exist for them. But, you know, and like, they will have their own struggles, they will have their own hurdles, um, which they have experienced already so early in life. And, They will they will experience those things growing up, but they have to believe that, you know, if mom can do it, then they can do it, too. So, you know, they have to they that's just, Mm. you know, for me, I can't I can't kick down every hurdle, Mm. but I can try.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And giving them that grounding and confidence Confidence, in themselves, I think is so important, isn't it? Um, I've got to congratulate you on baking for the queen for her 90th birthday. um, What did you bake and and tell us about that experience? It must've been
1: incredible. It was surreal. Um, And I I think like lots of immigrant households, my parents were not big Royal fans. You know, it wasn't something that they were bothered about. So when I told my dad, he was like, yeah, okay, great. Not bothered. But my little girl, when I told her that I was baking for the queen, she was like, oh, but you've already baked for the queen. I'm like, no, I haven't. She was like, yes, you have. And we had this argument for a good 15 minutes. And she said, Mary Berry's the queen. You've already baked oh, for her. I was like, oh, brilliant. cute. That's and she brilliant. goes, I don't know who that other old lady is, but she is not the queen in this house. I was like, <laughs> okay, fine. fine. So she tells it like it is. Yeah, but yeah. I um, baked, I happened to be on a traveling, I happened to be traveling to Bangladesh to do my first travelogue. And um, I had sort of five days, by the time i come back, I had five days in order to create a recipe do the recipe and have it there on the fifth day. So I did a orange drizzle.
0: Oh, classic.
1: Orange drizzle cake. Lovely. Rather than lemon, I went from orange drizzle and it was sandwiched with a Swiss meringue buttercream and marmalade. You can tell I like marmalade. Wow. And I wanted it to be really classic, but different to a lemon drizzle. Um, yeah, and that's, that's why I did a three-tier cake for her. And um, I don't know whether she ever ate it because I don't think anyone's ever seen the Queen eat. That's think it. about it. Has anyone mm-hmm. seen her... She wants some gum or like eat a biscuit. I haven't. I mean, I'm, I hope
0: she had a slice. I hope she had a slice. I'm sure it was absolutely delicious. Um, and then you were recognized with an honor as well for all of your services. Yeah. Um, that must have also been an incredible experience.
1: Yes, I will not forget that. You know, I my husband just said, I was in the bath. <laughs> I'd just come back from traveling. And he said, you know, you've got a letter, but it looks like really good paper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he said, this is suspicious. He goes, it's really good paper. Suspicious. <laughs> and he goes, and it's like been printed on. So we were both a bit like, oh. So he runs into the bath and he said, runs into the bathroom and he opens it up. And I said, and he said, oh my goodness, you've just received an MBE. And I called my sister straight away and she was like, I knew it. I knew you'd get an MBE one day. <laughs> so, you know, like the process of even receiving an MBE, you know, it's, it's a long old process. And, you know, you can't just get one, you know, there are people, it has to be approved and it has to be you know, a certain amount of people who think that you should receive it. So, um, and, you know, so early on in my career to receive an honor like that is such a big deal and and and, you know it just to be recognized in that way was a wonderful thing so um and my kids were so proud so so proud oh
0: that's wonderful and you know incredibly well deserved and tell us what's
1: next for you what can we look forward to um hopefully more of the same you know hopefully more of the same and hopefully more traveling and you know hopefully come back out to new york again definitely come back out to new york yeah Wonderful. Well, Nadia, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for
0: challenging us to see things differently. Yes. And best of luck with the campaign. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple, brought to you by the British Consulate in New York. If you'd like to hear more about the work of the British Consulate, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at UK in New York. Thank you for listening.